You're listening to Film School, the on-air online source for independent film, film that's changing the way we look at cinema and the world. I'm Nathan Callahan. I'm Mike Caspar. Today we'll be speaking with Kimberly Reed, the director of Prodigal Sons, a documentary following intense sibling rivalries and unforeseeable twists of plot and gender that force a family to face challenges no one could imagine. I know I couldn't. No. There were some there were some mind bending things that happened. Yes, in this there are. Uh, you can listen to this interview as well as interviews with Haskell Wexler, Harmony Kareen, Albert Mazel, John Turturro, Philip Glass, Frederick Wiseman, and many more at filmschoolradio.com. My brothers and I grew up in the seventies in Montana. Everyone called it the big sky country. It seemed anything could happen there. And anything did. My dad, Lauren, was a doctor. My mom, Carol, was a school teacher. They adopted my older brother, Mark, because they thought they couldn't have children. The day they picked him up was probably the day they conceived me. Hormones are sometimes unpredictable that way. A year later, along came another surprise. Our younger brother, Todd. like a fairy tale childhood, but appearances can be deceiving. After high school, I left for San Francisco, then New York. I never stopped loving my home, but I never really returned. I thought I'd put my past behind me, but 20 years later, I decided to go back for my high school reunion. My brother Mark was in the same grade as me, so he was going to be at the reunion, too. In her new documentary, Prodigal Sons, our guest today, director Kimberly Reed, follows the story of her family, focusing on herself, a transgender woman, and her two brothers, one a gay man, the other adopted. Prodigal Sons is a New York Times critic's pick and won the International Federation of Film Critics Prize for the Best Film at the Shasaloniki Documentary Film Festival. Kimberly Reed, welcome to Film School. Thanks very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, it's very nice having you with us. How are you today? It's, you're in New York right now? Yeah, New York doing a lot of traveling. The film is uh, doing kind of a, a platform release around the U.S. Uh-huh. during March, so I'm traveling to a lot of different places to, to be there on the opening weekend. Ah, so so you're, you're in New York now for the opening. Where have you uh, just come from? I just came from San Francisco and mm-hmm. Berkeley, which was uh, a, a fun trip because I used to live there. Yes. And part of the film is shot there as well. Right. Uh, the, how was the turnout? What was the reaction to the film like? It was great. I mean, we got fantastic press there. It was nice to uh, see some old friends and a lot of them, you know, coming out of the, the woodwork yeah. <laughs> to see the film and to, to see me. So it was it, it was a it was, it was a lot of fun. All right, that that sounds like it'd be uh, you know this is not only a, a great uh, film experience for you but a great friendship experience for you. It sounds like. 
It is, and one of the things that we really get into in the film is just this question of, of history. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, because I'm transgender, was in this position where I wanted to forget a big part of my history. Yeah. And so to go back to these places that were important in my past with the film, um, a film which is about, in at least at the beginning, about trying to repress a history and then kind of making peace with it. Um, It's really fun to show that film to people and then look in the audience afterwards in the Q&A and see, you know, somebody I haven't seen for 20 years. Right. Now, now, I I think I could fairly say that you've you've transformed during the film. Some aspect of you has, has changed because of the making of the film. Is that, do I hit that right? Absolutely. I mean, one of one of the things I think that happens with a lot of transgender people is that you are in this position where you you just want to forget your past. I mean, so many things are starting over. Yeah. Um, our society is so polarized, and it kind of forces you to to choose one or the other, and that leads to us just kind of wanting to forget all of the past um and you know can't we just move on i've i've changed so much can't we just look forward instead of looking back and what happens in in prodigal sons is that my brother mark um is actually pretty close to the exact opposite of that mindset and that happens for a number of reasons one is just that he uh he's a really sentimental guy and he likes to to hold on to the past um, the other is that when he was 21, he had a head injury, yeah. and he's, you know, that that's a big deal in his life. And, and what it has done is created um, a, a situation where he is not really creating a lot of new memories, so he wants to hold on to the old ones. So you kind of have the two of us pitted <laughs> against each yeah. other, where I don't want to remember the past at all, and that's precisely the past that he wants to hold on to. Yeah. Uh, Kimberly, uh, this is Mike, uh, and I'm very curious as to why you wanted to make this film, and, uh, and uh, in terms of the time you, you decided you wanted to do it and the rationale, the reasons behind it. Was it because you were going back to Helena for a high school reunion? Was it because of the situation with your brother? What were the what were the factors that went into and the timing of your decision to make the film? Uh, they were kind, they were kind of all together. I mean, I think that for um, you know your your show has a lot of of listeners who are filmmakers, and for me it was um, you know I had gone to film school, I had worked as an editor in in San Francisco, and I you know I was kind of on this path towards making you know, that all-important first feature film when I transitioned. And when I did, it kind of led to this, you know, me hiding out, basically. I was afraid to tell my story. I was afraid to tell any story because this whole, you know, big shock about me being transgender was going to come out. So what happened is I kind of jumped into this side career of writing about filmmaking instead of making films and that was very frustrating for me it was it was actually a good a good career move at the time um just because 
you know, I was transitioning and I needed some stability and I needed a health plan and I, you know, I, I needed a steady paycheck instead of trying to be an editor just out of film school, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it was good in some ways, but it was also frustrating because it wasn't, you know, I was talking about making films and not doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was kind of prepared to tell my story and actually I approached it fictionally mm-hmm. from the outset and I think it's probably something that that a lot of people do is try to work out some of those issues in fiction. Yeah. Sometimes fiction is is the best way to have that that playground, right? To to work out all of those all of those uh things that really absorb us in our lives. And um I I had a, a screenplay that talked about some of these issues and it was kind of uh it had been at you know, what was then called the IFP market in New York, and it was kind of vetted and, and looking like that was going to move forward into production when all of this stuff with me and my brother happened and it became apparent that there was a really good story right in front of me that was a documentary. I had worked in nonfiction film for the most part, and it just became apparent that I needed to put that, that screenplay on the, on the shelf and follow this roller coaster. So you were really prepared to move forward with uh, your story, and yep. now obviously something happened before we see the cameras roll in your in this film. By the way, we're speaking with Kimberly Reed. The film is Prodigal Sons, and it opens in uh, um, a week from this coming Friday here at the Lemley Five in uh, Sunset in La- in L.A. Um, but it so that was happening. What happened with your brother that you said, you know, I've got to t- I've got to pick up a camera and I have to document. What's going on? Was did it? Was it something leading up to the reunion that prompted a? Was there an incident? Well, there were there were a couple things happening in really quick succession. There, one is that I was finally getting up the nerve to go to my twentieth high school reunion, um, and that was uh, 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 that was happening in part because the ice had kind of been broken in my hometown two years earlier when my father passed away. So I go back to this relatively small town in montana and um you know i'm there's it's big news for them and everybody's surprised to hear my story so uh the ice had been broken and i finally got up the nerve to go to my high school reunion uh right around that time my brother mark who was adopted uh had some just really stunning revelations about who he was related to um, so there was this this flurry right before the reunion where it was apparent that there were going to be two really amazing stories of identity and identity changing. Mm-hmm. You know, I was transitioning from, you know, male to female. My brother, who was adopted, is transitioning from, you know, not knowing who his birth parents are, who his birth grandparents are, to... I really, I mean, he's he's connected to uh, the the biggest names in Hollywood royalty that uh, you know everybody knows, especially filmmakers. So it, it was obvious that there were these two stories of shifting identities and changing identities, and that it would be, you know, a good roller coaster to jump onto. Right. We had um, a, a pretty intense sibling rivalry when we were growing up. My my older brother. He was a year older than me, but he was held back in school, so we were in the same grade, and we had a lot of the same friends. 
um, things that came easily for me didn't come easily for Mark, and that was very frustrating for him. And, you know, just having the the displacement of being adopted in a family where your siblings are not adopted, um, it can be very frustrating. So we had a really intense sibling rivalry uh, when we were growing up. So it, it seemed to me at the outset that maybe this is a story where, you know, it was really tough being siblings the first time around, but maybe we can go back. I have a new identity. He has a new identity. Maybe we can start over. How how was that for you? His his new identity because you know you're you're in filmmaking, uh huh, and and he's uh, related now suddenly to Hollywood royalty. Did that uh, play with your head at all? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this is uh, I mean, and this is like you know a big big name that everybody knows, of course. And, Some consider and, him the greatest filmmaker in Hollywood <laughs> history of all time. Yeah, and the the maker of the the film that is always you know, chosen as the best film of all time, yes. um, routinely at least. And and so, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's funny because I, I had just about a year earlier, there was a big retrospective here in New York at the Film Forum, and I'm in line with, you know, a couple other stalwart people who are just worship <laughs> filmmaker. And then um, my my brother Mark actually was not all, all that familiar with uh, – with his films at all, and so of course I was the one. I kind of had this uh, this this jealousy, you know. And yeah. of course, the interesting thing is that, you know, Mark grew up envying my genes. He yeah. was adopted. I wasn't. He wanted to be in our family like I was, like my younger brother was. And so when this news comes out for the first time in my life, I feel myself being envious of his genes, yeah. of his relationships. Yeah. And uh, it made for a very interesting turnabout there. Well, I think that upon the revelation and then looking at Mark, it, it's, it is easy to see yeah. the, the relationship. And, and uh, uh, there's just so many things about any, rival, any sibling relationship that is, is it carries with it an element of rivalry. But what you're describing is truly an intense rivalry between mm. you and we haven't talked about your younger brother Todd who was born just a year after you were am I right. so you had yeah. this cluster if you will of siblings which right. uh, that dynamic in and of itself must have been a, a quite a dynamic within the relation within I, your family just in general how was it uh, I guess I want to get a little bit into the relationship with your father uh, and sure. and how, how did that um, it was a very traumatic point when he died. I, I it was with most fathers, but it seemed like his death meant a lot more, uh, given the uh, the adopted son and the way your family was uh, holding together at that point. Can, did you feel that? Did you? Uh, how did how did you feel that? I think is what I'm asking. Uh, I absolutely felt that. I mean, um, you're right. I mean, when uh, when a father, a, a patriarch, really, and yeah. you know, he was a he, he was the my dad was the strong, silent type. So he uh, had a very big influence in our family, you know. And he was kind of the 
um, the glue that held us together in a lot of ways. And I think that in any passing like that, things, families kind of break down a bit and then have to reassemble themselves um, to, to kind of compensate for this loss, you know, and, you, and a loss that you feel, you feel very intensely. What was happening in our family is that we were breaking down in that way and trying to reassemble ourselves in, in the wake of my father's death. Um, but then there are also some other uh, big, big ways in which our family is being really stretched at the seams, probably torn apart at the seams. And a lot of that has to do with my brother's head injury and and mental illness and how the the two of those kind of weave in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, you see us, our, our family go through a lot of very trying times in trying to figure out, you know, how to, how to restructure ourselves. What is, um, how can we compensate for the loss of, of my father, really? And um, I think that, you know, there, there's actually some really, some really difficult moments in the film, but there's also just a tremendous amount of love and support in my family, and I'm, I'm very lucky to be part of that and to, to, to be blessed with that. And um, even though there are a lot of points, I think probably where you just feel like, man, is this ever going to, are they ever going to pull through this, that you're left with, um, I, I think, really complicated portrait of what, of what love is and how that, can really, how that can really bring people together. I think a lot of times in films, love is this simple, magical little flourish that happens at the end of films that kind of ties everything up in a neat bow, and we're all familiar with those solutions that are way too simplistic. But um, the love that happens in, in families that, you know, really on the ground level, really behind closed doors, is is a difficult, burly kind of beast <laughs> that yes. is pretty hard to control and and, and a hard one, you know. Yes. So I, I I hope that um, our film can really show that that really complicated uh, kind of opera of yeah. of you know uh, families breaking down and coming back together and. Right. You know, just all that, that whole myriad of emotions that um, it's, I don't know, I think films should should be complicated in that way. We're speaking with Kimberly Reed, that the film is Prodigal Sons, and I want to ask, obviously, your father was very supportive, he seems to be, uh, from the film, supportive of your transformation, your transition, um, and also the fact that your parents were willing and, and, and happy to adopt uh, that indicates to me uh, a very supportive uh, uh, your mom and dad were very supportive as parents um, and that must have helped you quite quite a lot i want I, I want to ask a, a a practical question though uh-huh. who was doing who did most of the film filming you mean itself John Cattell? are we talking yeah, yeah I mean obviously yeah obviously you were doing some but there uh-huh. are moments uh, these are quite intense and private moments within your family i'm thinking particularly near the end of the film of uh, the uh the, the uh thanksgiving or christmas thanksgiving gathering right. who, who who filmed that those those scenes 
Uh, well, that scene I actually shot, um, and there are some really intimate scenes later on in the film that, yeah. that I shot as well. But the the reason for that is because, um, you know, we the film kind of grew increasingly intimate as as we progressed, but that wouldn't have happened without John Keitel's shooting early on. Um, when I decided to go back to my high school reunion, the first thing I did was to call an old friend, and uh, he recommended uh, John as a shooter and um, hired him to, to, to do that at the reunion. And he was a good uh, – John's also an editor, so he, he made for a good verite shooter because he just really knew how to cover a scene, and he um, was very good at just kind of blending in as well with his shooting and that you know just got the whole thing rolling and what happened um was you know i've used the word roller coaster a couple times is the roller coaster kind of took off and it took off really quickly um and after that it was just a matter of holding on the trip to i mean we end up following mark's heritage and that leads us to croatia of all places, and um, that trip to Croatia happened uh, about a month after the reunion. So everything was was wow. kind, of, and, and that was a surprise. At the reunion, we didn't we didn't even know if that the, right. the Croatia trip was going to happen. Right. Well, everything it, was kind of run and gun, and we were just holding on for the ride. No, I asked that question because there are a lot of intimate scenes, and uh, in the film, I mean, it really is a portrait of a very intimate portrait of your family and. Uh, I was wondering how he was able to blend, and he must have gained a, a lot of trust and, and uh, from from your family right away because it seems that way in the film. Yeah, he did, and uh, you know, I think a lot of the credit also goes to my family because yeah, you know, I had this kind of uh, I had also worked as an editor and kind of had this innate sense of you know just keep the cameras rolling. It's okay. You, we don't have to use it all, right? Yeah. But if you're not if you don't have that way of thinking, um, the process of being on the other side of the camera in that situation is a very different equation, you know. And I think for my family to be as open and 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 giving and you know generous with their story as they were required a lot of a lot of courage and a lot of faith. And I really admire them for sharing their story the way they did. I mean, we're there, a lot of personal documentaries, one of the biggest uh, hurdles that they have to overcome is getting the family on board, get, getting everybody there and behind the project and supporting it. And I mean, I'm really thrilled to say that everybody is totally on board and totally supportive. So yeah, it, yeah. we couldn't have had a better situation. We're, we're winding down here. We have not much time left, but a couple of things. Um, one is, uh, I feel like we haven't done a service to your brother Todd. We haven't just uh-huh. talked about him much, but um, and he's an important part of your life and your life story. Uh, how's he doing? Todd's doing good. He's doing good. He's uh, you know in San Diego. He t- he tends tends to uh, kind of stay on the periphery of things when the mm-hmm. the some of our family drama um, yeah. gets it's really dramatic <laughs> right? and that's what he's continuing to do but uh, you know i'm still really close to todd and we talk all the time and um he's been it's been great um 
because as the film has been on the festival circuit, uh, uh, a, a lot of family members have been at you know various film festivals all over. So it's really great to have them take part. Um, my mom has been, you know, how you uh, kind of are on somebody's Christmas card list for a couple of years and then you fall off and pretty soon you haven't heard from them for 20 years or something. My mom has been using the film as a way to get in contact with people again. So instead of sending out a Christmas card and updating people <laughs> in the last 20 years, she kind of says, the film's going to be playing in your area. Can you just go see that? And that, that'll that fill you in on everything. <laughs> wow. It's better than putting out the family newsletter. We just we'll go see the film. And finally, yeah. uh, for me, I, I want to ask you, how's how's Mark doing? You know, I, I wish that I could say that things have totally turned around with his with his uh head injury uh they haven't uh they've actually gotten worse um and that's just kind of the nature of head injuries in situations like this uh it really sucks i wish that weren't the case but i know that telling his story a, a story that he wanted told more than anyone believe me um is really important and even if that that's story involves a lot of hardship um it's you know mark has a head injury and he wants people to see the effects of that um and uh, you know there's actually going to be a lot more a, a lot of soldiers coming back from iraq and afghanistan who have head injuries that's happening in much higher numbers than it ever has before and it's a it, it's i think really one of the last taboo subjects in our society that you know it's just it's hard to think about the effects of mental illness and head injuries because um, you're trying to make sense out of something that you can't really make sense out of and that for me is where you know one of the transitions that happens during the film is I was I was very perplexed by all of that and I really didn't understand it and um, I think that in the making of this film I came to understand that a lot better and i came to understand my brother mark a lot better and i'm really happy to say that our relationship is better than ever um really thrilled about that so even you know his health is is declining but i also think that um our relationship is better and and the ability of our family which i think was doing a great job at at the beginning right uh i think we're even better at supporting him now than we were that's that's good to hear it's been wonderful speaking with you, Kimberly. The, oh, likewise. Uh, the film's prodigal son, Kimberly Reed, thanks for being a part of film school. Oh, thanks so much. Really appreciate it. For more information about Film School, upcoming guests, and archived interviews, go to filmschoolradio.com.